Hi guys, welcome to Earning Season, another week of Earning Season. I'm Randy Rowe at RT Rowe on Twitter. And I'm Denai at H Denai on Twitter. <laughs> With a heavy pause, you, you got that one from Justin Trudeau. <laughs> <laughs> um, this week, as always, we're doing a little bit of looking at the market. And I know, I think we told you the last episode that we were going back to the market review. We haven't forgotten, but we have a lot of interesting people that we would want to share experience that we want to share with you um and this one i couldn't yeah i couldn't make the time the chance pass without interviewing (laughs) our our current guests so you know it's a guest episode again but before we jump to the guests i'm going to give you just a little bit of anticipation because we will touch on the market because we haven't spoken about the market for a while so then i was up on the market this week or since last time we've spoken the last time we've spoken news and numbers some numbers have come out since we've spoken and yeah, more news. Well, yeah, more news. Definitely more news. Important news. Uh, I would think Grace. But two parts. The Grace thing. So the first part isn't news per se. It's been out. It's just, I just haven't. We really, haven't mentioned it. What Grace is up. Aha! So GK included a lockup. In their dividend, yes, in their dividend, in their dividend, dividend declaration, they mentioned that they were asking the registrar to close the name, the shareholder list, Mm. for a certain period. It started on the twenty ninth and will end on then I goes for the notes, right. You know, for, for a bunch of guys just talking off the top of our heads, we really do seem to use a lot of references. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's in there. Um, interim dividend payable. Paid on the 15th of June to Stockholm on record at the, at the close of business on the 29th of May 2020. And mm-hmm. the company's registrar of members be closed to the close from the close of business on the 29th of May 2020 to the close of business. On the 5th of June 2020. That's an interesting bit. This is the second time I've noticed that they've had this bit on their dividend declaration. The previous dividend also had this close of close of the register, close of the company's register of members. So it's, it's interesting and I think it's something to look at. It's instructive for most GKs making right now. Yeah. It's 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 um more it's one of those things that we look out for mm-hmm. so yeah, it's it's a it could you know what let me tell the people so that i don't think it's too secretive it's it could be it, it could be absolutely nothing, nothing. It, could be, <laughs> it could it could be just us looking for um the lie that we want to believe mm-hmm. or it could be an indication of something else yeah in future um, uh, and what reason would a company have to close its registrar members at this time, just you know, general for a dividend payment, for, as they said, for a dividend payment. So, is it yeah. that they're doing it for a dividend payment, or something happening within that period where they would say, Okay, close it for now? Exactly. People have been to grow hear me say all the time that I have this little saying is rule of thumb. Then I hear it for years now. Companies <laughs> lie, CEOs lie, yeah, in, in air quotes. Um. But but obviously, you know, the numbers or results don't. I say lie because they can't lie to you. I think I've also said it on this. So they can't lie to you legally because they're listed companies, but they can say things 
to um, make things sound like something else. And they can also not say certain things until they absolutely have to. And oftentimes they might be holding off on saying something because they know it might, they're not ready yet. It's not part of the plan, blah, blah, blah. blah. Exactly. Omission. But the have... line by omission is only real for you and your girlfriend. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that I still put it out that fire, boy. <laughs> All right. So, so not just lie by omission, but it's funny because they might, yeah. So they are omitting something, but they're acting. And because they legally, they have a fiduciary responsibility in how they act, they have to tell us certain things so imagine that right it's like well since then i carried a relationship you and you and your partner live <laughs> and, and you plan to leave right um but you can't tell them say you plan to leave so you start pack <laughs> every time them see you putting every time you leave the house you put something in a bag you leave, what you leave with this bag for you're not going to tell them why you leave with the bag yet maybe you don't say anything or you move past it but the actual act is you leaving with the bag same way, maybe GK is doing something or planning something, and they can't, they, or they can't, they don't want to tell us what it is yet. They don't want to come out yet, but they have to prepare themselves in certain ways. And this might be one example of them preparing themselves in a certain way, them freezing the register. So when you see that immediately, you go, hmm, where are you putting another bag there? <laughs> <laughs> or, or you, or you, um, I'll drop this there, which just seemed to me to be common sense. You, you just, Go and check to see. Okay, they say that. What was the actual word? And you say you have to read the whole thing over. They say it was a dividend. They said they freeze it for dividend. No, I did not say that. What did they say? What was the actual freezing for? They did not tell us why. They didn't give a reason for the freezing. So, has advised on May 14, the board passed the following resolutions. Pay a dividend on May 20, on for people on record on May 29. I will close in their stock from the close of business on May 29. No, nah, man. They said that. I remember a reason. I'm working from memory here, but yeah. No, no, not the second notice. Not that second notice. The very first one. Very first. Okay, we'll find the very first Yeah. Declares it dividend and AGM. That the company mm. closed from the close of business of 16th of March 2020 to 23rd of March 2020. Hmm. And they don't say why they're either. No, they not. That is that is even that's even more suspicious. What is in that bag? <laughs> ah, wow. I feel like I read a, I read a reason in something, but it might have been in the financials. It don't matter. The point is that this is what we do. This is this is this is how you make the money, guys. You look at the signs and then you, you you go and see if it's a red flag or a white flag or whatever. You go and you see if it actually represents something or nothing. So like we said, remember we said that at the start, it could be nothing. Drawing a straws. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. We, we could we could just be there gasping at straws and there's absolutely nothing there. But Danai seems to have a really good track record of, of it not being straws. So I trust sure. him. Yeah, I, I trust you. <laughs> um speaking about dates passing which we weren't the we are when we were recording this early june but the date has not yet passed but it's close you remember that time when proven did say them suspend the apo but the new closing date will be mm-hmm. june 5th was the date you know yep. actually went and looked it up earlier yep here we are so we're so we're recording this june 3rd mm-hmm. so it's um happened, right? yeah 
yeah, it, 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 let's see what happens. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll be in a good mood. I will put this out early. We'll put this out early before June 5th or on June 5th, or which would be a Friday. Is that so? I have that right? Yeah, it's a Friday. Yeah. Or, or maybe you're hearing this after June 5th, so you already know the answer, but I can tell you at this point, I'm excited to see what happens because I have not heard any mention of that date since. Um, and I don't know if the suspension of the APO makes that date n- non-binding to the public, the Jamaican public, that is, you know? Because, but, but then again, the suspension notice is what had it in there. Mm. I found that very, very strange. It's very interesting what's happening there. Mm. 5th of June seems to be a very popular date. <laughs> uh, yeah, so June, June dividends from GK and a closing of the register of members from the near the end of May to now and prove are the two things that yeah, st- stood out to me also. Um, SOS dropped their numbers. Actually, you saw those, then I. Yes, I just had them open. Oh, were they good? I, I I opened them as I said it to you. Were they good? Well, I'm all right, but uh, I don't think the COVID quarter will be looking good for them. Who? Right. They were just starting out in the COVID time. The the, the start of the COVID period. Well. And basically, mid middle March mm-hmm. is where they close around where they close off the numbers so the March thirty first. So they caught you know half a month of COVID, and mm-hmm. numbers were down on the quarter. Damn. Hmm. Down significantly enough, you think? I mean, I'd say so. No, you know what? I'd say maybe not. Exactly. I was, I was yeah. I was like, yo, it's not so bad for what's going on for them right now, to be honest. Yeah, last year they made fifty-seven and a half million in the period, mm-hmm. and this year they made forty-three point eight million in the same period. I mean, you're looking at that. That's that's a. Let's make. Let me get my math right. Uh, then I then I the math genius could tell me. <laughs> I've never claimed that one, you know. <laughs> I know, but you, you you have to. It's not claimed. It's placed upon you. Uh seventy-six percent. Of 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 last year's total profit is what they've made now. Yeah. Um. Here's my thinking, right? Mm-hmm. March may have been a quarter of well increased business under normal circumstances, mm-hmm. and maybe coming close to exams for some for some people. So on. I just think there's enough reasons for less stationary generally to be used. Mm-hmm. More less people working in the office, more people working from home. So the office supply of of paper and stationery generally just didn't run out. Mm-hmm. You know? this, this, that started before March I That yes. I, exactly. Ah, you tell me you work from home now, right? <laughs> no more. Right, yeah. Well, who, who who remembers? Um point is yeah, I don't I think it's a valid reason. And I think it's a case where you need to see a company really quickly jump to anticipate what's happening and um change or or adjust their business model to to deal with what what everybody's facing now right because if you, if you think exactly how i said no complicated thing if you think exactly how i said everybody at off in the office they use up the stationery, they pen the paper the printer get used all the time right now everybody's home 
So a lot of the, un, especially the unnecessary printing, the printing of your child's report on the company printer at seven o'clock at night. <laughs> and I'm not judging anybody, right? Because I, I don't have a child, but I I printed things on the computer printer at night also. Um, he without sin. But but the the business model has changed. And so a lot of savings, that's how the company is spending on them stationery, we think, are now in place. I'd expect SOS to then instead find a way around that. But that's easy for me to sit here in the seat and say it's a completely different thing when you have to learn in the company. Yeah. I don't think it's a big hit, but I know it can continue. And the man in the just by the the the, 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 the company, you know, the seek. seek. Yeah, I'll say mm. that, you know, in the home now. Right? You definitely have to find a, a way to shift the model. You have to get those kids at home, but still get the books to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The McDaniels have their work cut out for them. Tough. So you go. So it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> literally uh anybody else who else was at the top of my mind recently Wigton paid a dividend again against all odds yeah so, and yeah jesus the dividend small <laughs> who complained said the dividend small <laughs> yeah <laughs> no name but i mean what kind of people have you heard it from uh, don't be too specific i don't want nobody vex with, with, with us i mean that Regular investors from the group. Mm. So oh, Lord. Open on dividends because there was a rally in the price. The price went up. The price did go up yeah. significantly, right? It, as I'm talking to you now, the price oh, closed today at 85 cents. Uh-huh. And it has traded in the 90s, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it has traded all the way up into the 90s. I think two or three days ago, I saw it trade at a high of 95 cents. Mm-hmm. Yo, you could have get... Remember, so Wigton was... Down to like, oh, no. it down yep. like in March, you could have get week ton for below 60 cents, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Middle of March, like I believe. Yep. Yeah. March 19th. So that time, so you could get a good amount. Yeah. Big up, I mean, to week ton's credit, it, 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 it almost every day has strong mm-hmm. enough volumes, you know? Uh, I'm going to the, yeah, go ahead. Week ton is a special case. Uh, Wait on, all right, so it's something I've said in the group, whatever. You uh, mm-hmm. usually hint, hint, not go spoon feed, but I always seem to come here and spoon feed anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thing there. Wait on, what gives me a lot of posit- positive outlook for Wait on is that they have strong people that are buying strongly. So the thing with Wait on is that thing there, it's not held heavily on a certain by a certain system. There's nobody that's owning 80% of the company and then 20% out there for everybody to grab up. So there's a big yeah. issue with, boy, it's so widely held, it's hard for it to move up without somebody saying, I want it. I want a lot of this stock. If you look Correct. at, if you look at the, the numbers that were released, you realize that certain parties big, from IPO time to now, they've been increasing their stake over and over and over. So with yes. VM... Initially, they moved up to the ten percent threshold. I think that has, they had to sell down at a point or something like that, because within the group they had ten percent or over. Just an article I was saying to link that in the show. Yes, please. But yeah, yeah. so VM took a strong position. So to me, it seems that VM is looking to own a lot of this stuff. Maybe you know I don't like that about it because yeah, you know, yeah, I was going yeah. to do it for you. You know, I was going to say that your 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 um company lead mm-hmm. your company principal chris berry on um 
IG on one of the IG sessions actually answered, actually asked that question about the energy sector and he pointed out how excited he was about Wigton. And then he said, his words, not mine, I'm apologies if I get it wrong, but I don't think I did. He said that Mayberry is the lead shareholder mm-hmm. or one of the, the, big, the biggest shareholder in Wigton. All right, so I, and I, I know he's either the, the, either the biggest or the second biggest. Right, yeah. How I look at it. To me, mm-hmm. right, so basically, so if you think if you could have gotten Wigton at the fifty-six, if you, Wigton was a buy at fifty-six to me because what's really changing in their market because of COVID? Due to well, a lot. Uh, well, that's the thing I'm excited about for them. What's changing for them? Mm-hmm. The majority of Jamaicans are now home and spending mm-hmm. time in front of devices that is pulling electricity to the point where we're actually having mm-hmm. blackouts again and brownouts again in Jamaica. Um, the, the people who are complaining that Wigton never makes sense at IPO before them only have one customer, that's their strength. <laughs> that one customer is under pressure right now. So I'm pretty sure all things being equal, anything that Wigton can can produce, that one customer can buy. That one customer being JPS. Mm-hmm. And will buy and has use for. So you're saying that. Right? So yeah, so the company fundamentals, I'm not seeing we're going to be a large change in them. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I needed, as I said earlier, I need somebody to be buying heavily to actually you know, get the stock out of my hand, actually move the price up. Mm-hmm. We need liquidity. So thing there, NM again with this strong signing from Mayberry and VM at the first, the first numbers after June 2019 numbers, VM had 591 shares, 591 million shares. That's 5.37%. Mm-hmm. You look at MJE at 40 million shares as 36.36%. Right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and then you look again. I'm at sorry, that's top. what percent? 0.36%. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, man. You look at September 2019, VM mm-hmm. is now the number one shareholder with 976 million shares, 8.8%. And Mayberry has 304 as 2.7%. If you look at the volumes traded in that period, you realize, hey, these guys were big buyers during that time. Yeah. And then you look again, yeah. VM is still number one with 1.018 million shares. That's one, that's one billion shares. Mm, wow. And the, uh, set a percentage again? Percent. So they, they increased their stake in that period. That's December 2019. That's just where they. Yes. Mayberry, 6.7%. The 737 million shares. To me, they're buying, they're, they're getting, they're signing on early to the race. We always talk about well, five years after we've done this, we expect to be yeah. race when the thing they get. Like, I think these guys are You're positioning ready. themselves to be, hey, we are in the best position when that time comes to take more shares because our average price will be near, will be our five years ago price when we're buying heavily into it. When we can't mm-hmm. actually buy into it, so to me, Wigton falling was our next moment where somebody like Mayberry and VM, VM can move up as close to ten percent as they can, and Mayberry can buy even more with a three point. If they don't sit six point seven percent, then boy, this can be a time when they can move up to the ten as easily as possible because the price falling, and with that level of buying, the price most move in my mind. So, and the funny thing is, the more they buy. Is the more they reduce, reduce um, amount of outstanding shares yeah, trading exactly. around from people, so reduce the supply. Yeah, so 
with that heavy buy-in, you can look at the thing there. You can look at the amount of volumes trading in that period and look at the amount that Mayberry and Vayne bought during that period and say, boy, I know they really bought a lot of the shares that were, that were traded. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. To me, Vuitton was going to rally. And I believe somebody big was saying them buy into it. I think Mayberry might have been the people. Yeah, Mayberry's stake has moved quite a bit. And for, for, for Sir Berry to make a statement like that, you know, biggest yeah, exactly. or one of the biggest. Exactly. To me, that yeah. was, all right, so we've been by. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that man don't miss, you know. And plus, I mean, Mayberry did list them. So they list know them. the intrinsic value in it. Yeah. And and I always say, unless you think that we're going to stop using electricity anytime soon, Wigton not going to, to go anywhere. Yeah. Moreover, Wigton gives us electricity without requiring oil imports, which is a major plus in their favor. So every kilowatt that Wigton generates is a kilowatt that we didn't have to pay oil for. Yes, that's breeze. Yeah. Uh, somebody has a rough metric, Stuart. He said he was, he's watching the wind speeds at, during the periods. Which Stuart is this? Uh, Stuart South. Yeah, big up the man properly, man. Big up Stuart South. Yeah, big up, big up Stuart South. Um, I think it was what? Um, Sajikor's employee of the year. Last year, yeah. 2019. But yeah, big up Stuart, Stuart for that. predicted, predicted the move for Wigton. So from, he said, so hold on, let me go find it. You actually mentioned it to me now. You had actually mentioned it to me. Um, you had said, let me see if I have it right. Something, I, I think, something about his bet on Wigton being at least 84 cents by the end of May. Yo. I said that. He said, I, said, I sent his message right now and I saw that he was thinking that he, he hit the mark. Well, I know that my top oh, as yeah. what <laughs> at 85 cents today, you know, and at the mm. end of May, with that sent the message, I thought that was impressive because I never, I never, I just, I just looked at, I just look at the range, and I was like, okay, that's somebody that have sense. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking actually now to realize on the last trading day of of May, Wigton closed at 94 cents mm-hmm. the and day before that it was eight. <laughs> Yeah, wow. On April 8th, in pretty how him think it's going to look May. And on April 8th, Wigton was trading at, I will tell you, Wigton was trading. Wigton closed the day on April 8th at 70 cents. So, <laughs> I rate that sort of thing. Oh, so at least um, he did, he corrected me on something I said actually about JMB, how they'll book the dividend income. They won't book it in mm-hmm. the PL because of the the profit thing. So the profit, they mm-hmm. book share profit only. They want book profit, share profit and dividend income in the PNL. PNL does go straight to the cash flow and the bank and the balance sheet. And why won't they, why won't the dividend? Because the form? method of booking. So because they own an associate stake, they only book share mm-hmm. profit from associate. If they had booked, if they were had it on an equity method, equity stake, so below twenty percent, they're booking the trading gains. So you always or if they held it that way. If they held it mm-hmm. that way, yes, true. If they held it that way, then it would have been also the trading gains or whatever. The would be the value of the thing there. So the value of the asset, the movement mm-hmm. in the price of the asset, and then the dividends from the asset will be booked in the PL. But because they say, oh, it's an associate company, they book up percent of the profit, 
based on mm-hmm. how much of the company they own. So they own, say, 22%, then they'll book 22% of whatever profit or loss Sadicore makes, and then the dividends will just straight to the straight to the cash flow statements and the, and the balance sheet. So they basically just cash will hit them every now and then. Whenever Sadicore pays a dividend, they wouldn't see it in their, in their profit and loss statement saying, oh, we've got some more dividends from Sadicore. So you can't uh-huh. remember that. Aha, uh-huh. yeah. and if that's so, then that shows a lot. That shows a nice strength of <laughs> uh, what would what what should have been a nice uh, show of strength from the cash flow statement because it's a cash flow. Then that would show that them get about about half a billion, uh, half a billion worth of of dividends since since uh, March. Yeah, I think, mm-hmm. or since February. February, March. Yeah. So Trump half a billion be. worth of dividends from Sajikor Financial hit, hit JMMB. Mm-hmm. Then, um, and that means also that, oh, that means I might have said something incorrect at a grow. I need to update those grow people then because we spoke at one of the girls we were going through um, JMMB. And mm-hmm. I found what I, one of the things I found very impressive was the dividends that are hitting them from their new holding. Sajikor Financial, and um, so that hasn't changed. That money coming in and it's going to yeah. be really, really good. Right. However, yeah, however, it wouldn't hit the PNL per se, but they would have the money in their hand, which is mm-hmm. an even nicer thing. Which is the thing that they'll tell you in any accounting class about cash flow and why it's important and why the net profit might not always show um, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I, I think some guys, are, some, some guys would be surprised we said that for some reason. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Speaking about moving on, on to, you know, yeah, Digicel Bond. Yeah, funny guy. Oh my lord, Digicel! I say a nice. I wouldn't spend too much time on it, but there's a nice. I'm going to put it in the show notes. So there's check the show notes right now if you don't know the show notes are it's it, there should be a little area and whatever app you're listening to us on that shows it if you listen to us on the website then it's on the same page that you listen to us with um i want to put in there the digicel bond article where it shows that it would appear that um <clears throat> companies linked to the digicel founder dennis o'brien would have been getting paid money through the expense line consistently Mm-hmm. For a few years now, even after he, as a board member, I think, or as company principal, would have officially stopped paying dividends mm-hmm. to himself while they go, while they get their finances in all in, in order, order so they can make the bond payments, which I, they've been having trouble with. They, right. they, you know, <laughs> so those bondholders, <laughs> so those bondholders, even after the restructuring, boy, I feel it for you guys. Yeah, but I guess we learn a lesson every day, right? <laughs> Some yeah. people are in rather than some. Yeah, that is true. But the, the point is to actually learn the lesson. So it would mm-hmm. appear that the equity holder in this case is still benefiting ahead of the despite. bond holders, yeah. despite everything. And it's not illegal either. He's, mm-hmm. he's following yeah, the line. Yeah. Turns out that when people have money and they have interest in certain things, their money is the most interesting thing to them and most important thing to them. And they don't care what you call the money that hits their pocket. As long as it hits their pocket. Yep. Yeah. Even our expense. <laughs> yeah. There is a, there is a exactly there is a lesson there. Um so did you sell, which is not listed obviously, but that'd be great. I always wanted them to to maybe list their individual country companies mm-hmm. with the hope yeah. that it would give it would give um 
a nice. It might be on the thing. It might be on SEC's website actually, because it it is it comes from yeah. some further disclosures, and they went apparently they went really deep into it. I just haven't gone through it as yet. Yeah, it do be same. But yeah, interesting. It's really instructive. You can you can get a really look at how companies are actually run. Yes. Yes. Oh wow. But oh, yes, wow. let's move on to somebody who runs a company and does it well. Here we go. So Danai with the segue. <laughs> so we'll pause stocks, guys, and we haven't forgotten the market review, but you know, all in good time. Um Danai with a great intro there where we can move over to our guest, which I didn't tell you who it was, but I am pro. Surprise, to- surprise. Right. <laughs> uh our our guest this week is the one and only Monique Powell of Quick Plate. Founder and CEO, is that what we call you, Monique? That's good. That's good enough. Yes, that's fine. Like, I don't want good enough. I want good you to tell you know what? what? What do you call? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, yes. well I, introduce I can... yourself. All right. So I am the founder and CEO of Quick Plate, which has recently expanded to also include Quick Cart. Uh, we've been at it for a while, about four years now, started in. March of 2016. Wow. Starting when? Say that again. March Started 2016. in March 2016. So just a little over four years now. Wow. Congrats. Thank you. Wow. They said the first three years is when you know whether or not you have a business, you know. And here we are. <laughs> yeah. Here we are. Saying so year four, she's proving her worth. Four years, congrats, Monique. So, can, go ahead, Monique. Sorry to interrupt you. I just, I just, I didn't realize it was that long. No, no, no. That's fine. Um, yeah. So we've we've been about for for a little over four years, and um, I feel like we're we're still in the startup phase in terms of you know constantly adapting, constantly innovating, constantly learning more about our customers and what they want, and mm-hmm doing that all while trying to build a business that is sustainable, profitable, and is set up in such a way and structured in such a way that that is likely to be around for the long haul. I like that. That's good. Yeah, you're going deep though, Monique. Start back from the, the early stuff, man. People, somebody listening now have no oh, idea who you oh, are. Oh, it is. Back you want me to go. As far back as you're comfortable going, who who is money? Who is money, Paul? So we can, we can start there. All right. So I'll 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 start out with my journey right after high school. Uh, wow. So <laughs> which high school? I went to Immaculate. I went to Immaculate. Yeah, big up every Immaculate girl everywhere. And um, I think right after leaving high school, I I realized that I had an entrepreneurial street. So I started mm-hmm. out doing freelance web development and freelance graphic design. I would literally walk in the sun from store to store and ask for the owner and show them a portfolio and ask them if they want a business card and website and letterheads, things like that. Uh, did that for a while and it eventually led to a freelance contract with the cleaner company. And I liked the work that I did. And when I 
a full-time position became available there. They asked me if I wanted it. And that's how I got into the nine-to-five world. I stayed with the Gleaner Company for seven years uh, as their internet specialist. Moved to wow. Digicel, where I was for a year and a half as the web specialist on their marketing team. And my next stop and last stop before QuickPlate was at Scotiabank, where I spent five years. And I was eventually the regional marketing manager with responsibility for digital marketing across the oh, wow. Caribbean. So that was <laughs> my last nine to five stop before going full speed into entrepreneurship. Boy. <laughs> so Dana, you're shocked as I am? Yes. She started, she started with the entrepreneurship. And then she went into the nine to five. Usually, boy, I'm gonna tell her this nine to five that I just went into just because everybody said I should do it. And then going to the entrepreneurship, she started as that, and then she went to the nine to five, excelled more than so, and then here she's again, excelling outside of nine to five. Crazy! Wow! Uh, you know, it's 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 one of those things that I think it's always been in me, and even while I was working at various companies and happy doing so um i always kind of knew within myself that there would be a point i didn't know when it was gonna come but there would be a point where i would be going out and kind of forging my own path i always knew that it would come at some point mm-hmm. wow but what's beautiful is that you you did that thing that a lot of people do before like then i say entrepreneur corporate and then you, you go back to your dream but the, the corporate section allow you, I would, I would hope, allow you to learn a whole heap. But what's bothering me is say, I load, I got a load money up now to say, she tell me before we start, say, oh, you know, she don't really know much about the market. <laughs> <laughs> you hear the places she work? She yeah. start with Gleaner, listed Gleaner. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, I got, Gleaner have two things in there because if you are doing digital at Gleaner, Monique, you would have were you there when they were doing the G or or yeah the G? Uh, the G? What is that? D I space. G. Oh no, that came after. I think that came after I left. Actually. Okay, yeah, I remember I used to use that a lot because I had a lot of data there. But why I ask that is because I think some of their online properties might have stayed with eighteen thirty four when they did that. Yeah, when they did a split and merger thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, it, that's two corporate companies. That's two listed companies you have experience with right there, if I count both of those. And then that's Gleaner and RJR. And um, the second one was where, Monique? Second one was Digicel and then after Scotiabank. And them listed all over and then Scotiabank. Wow. So you really know... <laughs> You really do have a good idea how this thing works, at least from the inside, because you then understand what inside of a listed company is like and how how that pressure works. Wow. I didn't know you're doing the thing that truly speaks to your soul. The quick plate, four years in. Um, and what do you call yourself? I, I wanted to get that. What do you call yourself a quick plate? I always try to make sure I get people's titles right for the companies. Uh, it's It's... It's it's really not a, a big deal to me or something that I focus on. I started referring to myself as managing director. That's how I started referring to myself and, and 
eventually people started saying CEO and I just went to the floor. So it's not that you're not there to me, really. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. But that's good. But you are found and I think that's important. Right. Right. Um, So you started off four years ago, you say. So I don't even know where to ask you. It's like you you hit me so many things that even I wasn't expecting. (laughs) So first you went into tech, which is good. I don't, I mean, as somebody who did tech too, I, I don't, you don't see a lot of, of, of women being as entrepreneurial with the tech as you. So I'm really, so what, what pushed you to that money? Well, I mean, it, it always has been a male dominated space. Uh, even when I was at the Gleaner company for mm-hmm. a very long time, I was the only female internet specialist slash web developer that they had there. Um, and that I, I was there for, for seven years, like I said, and I'm trying to think now as to whether there was, oh yes, I think eventually there was one, there was one female web developer. And this mm-hmm. is over years of seeing a number of them in and out of the company. So I got used to being in a space that was dominated by men in terms of numbers and it mm-hmm. it wasn't i never at any point though found it to be a, a neutral or uncomfortable space in any way um oh, I, like I, that. I, I had a i found the i found my colleagues to be very supportive um even you know egging me on whenever i would you know launch new projects or whatever it was so there was support from my male counterpart and technology it was just always a space that i was drawn to i think i built my first website at about 14 years old i think between oh, the wow. in the summer between fourth farm and fifth farm nice. in the middle of in the height of summer boredom and i just i just never look back nice i love that i love that it's a true a true push because now you own one of Jamaica's freshest, newest internet businesses, mm-hmm. and and as a result of that, as as a result of the coronavirus that has hit all of us over the past few months, you have seen, I think, a, a huge boost in your business. No, mm-hmm. I think so. Uh, yes, I I can definitely say that there has been an uptick. Uh, it didn't happen right off the bat like a lot of people would imagine. So it's not, it wasn't a case where, you know, the lockdown started and, and business tripled. It still took a few weeks for people to start to change their habits. So, you know, persons who had never ordered online, it took a while for them to come around and decide, okay, let me, let me try this out since, you know, nobody really wants to go on the road right now. You know, people mm-hmm. who ordering takeout for delivery, or ordering food for delivery was a, a once-in-a-while treat. You know, it took a while for them to start ordering multiple times per week until it became a part of their routine. So what has happened is in the last, I would say the last three to four weeks is where we've actually seen the, the biggest spike. And I think it's indicative of what's to come. I think even as people start to go back to whatever normal looks like for them now or will look like i i think there are some new habits or new behaviors 
that they picked up during this time that they're not gonna backtrack on. So if you if you if you discover that there was a way that you could get access to all the best food from all the best restaurants without leaving your yard, know mm-hmm. that you or or when we get to the point where you can freely move about and feel comfortable freely moving about, I don't think you're gonna suddenly give up that convenience that you recently discovered. So you know, I think I think there's gonna be a lot of long-standing behavioral changes among consumers out of this COVID nineteen crisis. Mm-hmm. That's true, but I don't. I don't even want to jump. Tech. I don't want to jump ahead. I I don't want short change the um. I was gonna say we haven't even yeah. said yeah, <laughs> so I don't want to start change the journey. So you say high school in Makilet, you went to work for a couple of places, um, and then you started a quick play. Yeah, what made it start? So you, what made you say, oh, all right, I'm done with the 95 journey, because it was a journey. You started somewhere, you went somewhere right. else, and then you're back here in the entrepreneurial mm-hmm. world. So what made you say, I want to do this entre- entrepreneur thing? Well, I think it was the collision of a couple of things happening in my life and in my mind at the same time. I think I had gotten to a place where I was starting to experience some degree of burnout on a job. And I think it kind of triggered off a lot of introspection for me as to whether I was still doing what I wanted to do, whether I was still happy doing what I was doing. And in a separate part of my mind, an idea was forming because at that time I often worked late and I would get home seven o'clock, eight o'clock in the night. And at that time I, I wouldn't even want to look at a stove. Not that I was into cooking to begin with, but um, I wouldn't even want to look at a stove at that time. So what I would order, I would order pizza because that was the only thing that you could order mm-hmm. delivery at that time. Mm-hmm. And I, I I started to realize that there was a gap in the market. So yeah, you, you know, if you have a, a a beer or a query that you know personally, you can call them and they'll go and stand in the line for you. But that's not exactly the most efficient system, is it? Mm-hmm. So I started to explore, you know, whether there was room for that sort of thing here in the in in this market. And I mean, we're not the first to do something like this in the world. You know, they're they're other similar companies in in other countries but i don't think anybody was doing it on a larger or what i would consider to be a a serious scale here and i spoke to a few restaurant owners i spoke to a number of persons like myself you know just assess whether there would be some demand both on the restaurant side and on the customer side and the feedback i got was enough to enough for me to say all right let's do this so i started building out the platform and it was something that happened very very quickly i think i started building out the platform in february of 2016 and by march 2016 we were alive and ready by march (laughs) yes by we we went live on march march 31st Mm-hmm. So did you leave wow. your job before or I left two weeks before the company launched <laughs> so everything planned up and you already know so, alright time for me to leave makes sense mm, something like that 
<laughs> smart moves. Yeah, that is a smart move. Um, but but then to get it ready in that time, that is you coding by yourself just <laughs> at night? No, no. Um, so the work in terms of on the technical side was split between myself and a developer who I had worked with on a previous project. Uh, so before QuickPlate, I had this online dating site, and yeah. It, um yes. so he and I oh yeah no you can't jump past the thing mom <laughs> yeah on a profile in a one year ago online dating site local online dating site yeah. one year ago right so um about i think it could have been about a year before i did quick play i i decided to start one just as a hobby project really uh and the, the initial response to it was great i think i think within three weeks of launching we had about 600 users on the site so um you know and that was with minimal marketing and so forth Mm -hmm. so people wanted it so something people gravitated to but then i started to think all right this thing costs money to run how am i gonna earn from it so i decided to do a bare bones free package and then put on a paid package that yeah. you could upgrade to for all the bells and whistles mm-hmm. not one person freemium model not one person so you know people started finding ways to go around the system because i think i think i think how it was set up was like with a free thing like you could only exchange one message or something like that so people would put all their contact information you know so I, I quickly realized that that the, the, the amount of effort that i would have to put in for that thing to even pay for itself it wasn't worth it so mm-hmm. gradually allowed that project to die but the we still maintained the relationship we had the developer who worked with me on that and then we also started working together on QuickPlate. Um, so I focused a lot on the front end stuff, the design, front end coding. He focused mm. mainly on the back end and on, 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 you know, the actual platform development. Wow. Okay. And, and you put, you, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Danai. It sounds good from, yeah. from easy dating to easy food. <laughs> <laughs> well, I noticed that Quick Play started with a demand for the personal demand. Or, or the dating site started out as well. <laughs> well, I, 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 well, it wasn't a, a personal need at that particular point in time. Oh, but cool. I mean, those type of sites weren't, you know, I, I had no problem with using them. And I, and I saw where a number of people were able to meet mm-hmm. people and have fulfilling relationships from those sites. So it was, yeah, why not? Why not give some people you know, an opportunity to meet new persons? Makes sense, makes sense, makes sense. Yeah, I think that's actually amazing. So so you, you ever consider going back to that? I think, I think that might have just been a, a, a matter of timing. You run the you want to It's unlikely. It's unlikely. It's unlikely. It's unlikely that you would do that again? It's, it's unlikely. I mean, at this point in time, 
quick plate takes up so much of my time that I can't imagine launching something else anytime soon. So I, I won't say never. I won't I won't tell you that in ten years time or in fifteen years time I may not decide to do something that's similar to nature similar in nature to that project I did before. But mm-hmm. in the short term I don't see it happening. Oh. Okay. Hmm. Well I mean I, I just want to <laughs> yeah, kind of hurt. <laughs> kind of hurt. Because, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you've ever used Quick Plate. Quick Plate is very convenient with the yard. Yeah. And you don't want to leave. Trust oh, me. my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though I've used yeah, that I work. Know. I've used that work, but I haven't used it at my house. Is it available in Spanish, though? Uh, no, it's not. So, we are... <laughs> You see, at this point, we still don't tell people how quick play it is, you know. All right. So, so, <laughs> I'm so sorry. All right. I'm going to, uh, I can go ahead and, and, and shed some light on what exactly quick play it is. So, quick play it pretty much allows people to go online, see and browse the menus from a number of restaurants, order online, and have the food delivered to your doorstep. So in a nutshell, that is what Quick Plate is. A way to connect customers or diners with restaurants around them. So it allows for online payment. It allows you to track the position of the rider or driver. It allows for SMS notifications, you know, so that you're, you're, you have full visibility over the order process. It's, we basically use technology to enhance the whole experience of ordering online in a way that provides the customer with what we consider to be a seamless experience. And, and I think the, the customer experience is only going to get better from here as we continue to make process improvements, as we continue to to innovate internally you know it's only gonna get better mm-hmm. from here wow um I, yeah I, I, i've been deliberately not trying to skirt you touching where we're getting by I me mean, we can get there so quick plate essentially is deliver food it, it's 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 something that jamaica has needed for a long time yep. and, it's, and it's you is you handling the, the online logistics and the delivery logistics of food delivery mm-hmm. so People can actually like even the cook shop can get on cook shops can get our money. How many restaurants you have on, on your on your platform now? So in total we have about I think it's about eighty merchants at this time. Both restaurants and other types of partners. Wow. Eighty restaurants and and you and your I think then I ask, you say if you're in Spanish stone and you say you say no. But what what's the what's your radius currently? Right, so we primarily cover Kingston and St. Andrew. Uh, we're wow. also in Portmore. Nice. We're hoping that, you know, um, in the medium to long term, we will be able to expand to other areas in the island as well. Nice. How's the Portmore thing going now? Because Portmore must be a nice place to be, especially now, or a busy place to be, I should say, I should think. Well, I mean, Kingston is content in terms of order volume. Kingston is 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 still way ahead of Portmore. I think 
uh, a food delivery service that operates in the way that we do is still relatively new to the space in Portmore. So we have a we have customers over there who order all the time. So we do have um, some loyal customers there. But I think it's going to take time for us to pick up the kind of steam in Portmore that we have going in Kingston and St. Andrew. Hmm. Only good time. I mean, it's just a matter of advertising. And I mean, a whole heap of Portmore people online now. I think it's just a matter of them just not knowing. Mm-hmm. So the marketing will help. Um, but it's just blowing my mind. I, I, and then Monique is on so calm. What's this calm? <laughs> Have you always been this calm? Is this calm exterior that you bring in? Well, I, I'd like. Well, I mean, I'd I'd like to think so. I mean, nobody's calm all the time, but I try as much as possible to not. I, I think I think when you run a business, there's so much that happens on any given day. So many fires that need to be outed, so many decisions that need to be made on the fly that, you know, you need to learn how to chill out. You need to learn how to 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 approach things with a certain level of calmness or else it, it, it is very well likely to drive you crazy. So, you know, this might just be a side effect of adjusting to that. Yeah, I like that. So how, how do you do that? Because people need, I know I need that. And you're right. The day-to-day is fire, 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 sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, fire, fire. It, 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 it is sometimes he's like, yeah, it be like it never ends. So how, how do you do that? Do you meditate or you do? Uh, well, I'm still learning. I'm still four years in. I'm still learning how to, to best handle all of that. Uh, one of the mm-hmm. things that works for me, I'm not sure how healthy this is because what it means is that I, I don't get the kind of sleep that I should. But what works for me is getting up super early most mornings. So when I start working at 5 o'clock, by mm-hmm. 8 o'clock, when the rest of the world is ready to start buzzing, I've already gotten quite a few things over the way. Because from 8 o'clock mm-hmm. onwards, is just fire outing and decision making and unexpected things popping up. It basically, for me, I mean, despite all the try that I try, it more or less lose control of your day once the rest of the world is up. So, you know, kind of structuring your day so that um, even in the midst of all that craziness, you still have a little bit of control over um, what you get done, at least in that, you know, early part of the day. So that's one of one of the, the techniques, for want of a better word, that I use to 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 try to, to keep some amount of control. Um, outside of that, I think, I, I don't know if it will ever, I think it's just part and parcel of, of running a business. I don't know if there will be a point in the near future where it's going to be any less crazy. Mm, probably not. Yeah, yeah. And people, people always, people, I mean, you are doing a service that people need. If everybody would never think we needed it after Corona, when, yeah, we, we definitely know that we need it. Um, you, you, you said though, I, I want to go back to the start because I know, I feel like you're skipping over so many things after you look with that, where you were before thing, it, it, 
you, you think it's you know, I mean, think about the start. That's what I want to hear a lot about because it, I would feel bad if I'm listening to this. And Monique has what I think is a successful um, online business in Jamaica mm-hmm. at a time. And you've been running it for the last four years. So yeah. even if people think it's successful now, yeah, online delivery never sounds successful as a Jamaican product in 2017 or 2018, you know? No, absolutely. So, absolutely not. I mean, when we... So even in terms of the number of restaurants that we, had, we have on board, I think we ended... I don't think we ended the first year with more than about 12 or 14 restaurants, somewhere there about, because it was very difficult to convince restaurants that this is something that would take off, this is something that will, would be worth the time that it would take for them to set it up, uh, that people would be going online and using credit cards to pay for delivery and all of that and paying a delivery fee. It took some convincing, you know, and then by the end of the second year, I think we tripled the number because in that second year, people started to say, oh, I think I think these guys answer something. Let's see if we can get, get in on that, you know, but it wasn't convincing people that this was something that would take off in Kingston or, or, or Jamaica. On a whole, it wasn't necessarily an easy task in the beginning. Okay, then I don't want to hear about me. Tell me about it. You see, you see, <laughs> what are you, what are you sounds afraid. The actual struggle that's what we want here because I want what I want is to be able to, to, to have somebody listen to this and not just appreciate what it is that you've built, yeah. but also appreciate the journey that you've gone through and that somebody looking to go that route might have to expect to go through. So, I mean, I know, I know that it wasn't easy, you know, more you tell the people how hard it was. Cause I mean, you started off where you get the money from the, the bank. Yeah. Just get money. I know you say you used to work at the bank, the bank, they just say, Hey money. Uh, I like your idea. Here's five mil. Absolutely not. I wish, I wish. <laughs> absolutely not. Um, so it came from my life savings. Mm-hmm. So, uh, basically, well, the plan was not to put my entire life savings into QuickBlade, but eventually that's what happened. Because when you when you're first starting a business, especially when it's your first full fledged business, you're overly optimistic about every revenue projection, and then you totally mm-hmm. underestimate every expense that you had put in your projections. So what that means is that you're burning through cash at twice the rate that you thought it would have. It would have. And, you know, of course, the banks, the banks didn't even look at me um, when I eventually went out and, and applied for, for loans. Um, none of them did. So it even got to the point where I said, all right, um, I've come too far with this business to allow it to shut down. So I went for a pension, which uh, well, uh, at the time was a couple million dollars. And I just shut my eye and put it in the business. You know, so it's it. Hold on, hold on, man. You're 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 running you're running big. You start the business and it was working fine, or it wasn't working fine. You say, I mean, is early startup day. I think you said the first year you did finish with less a a small amount. I I don't remember the exact number you said. The first year, yeah, yeah, yeah. somewhere about fourteen there about in terms of partners. Um, but it was it. 
like I said, you know, with and it happens with just talking with other entrepreneurs. It's a common thing, especially like I said with your first business. So I know, you know it's common. That's why I want you tell you them. Have this, you have this pretty looking revenue chat. Of course, you know, you mm-hmm. say, yeah, of course, the first few months are going to be rough. So the, the first few months, the line level. And then after that, the line start going up and it go up steadily. That's how your revenue projections look, you know. And yeah. then for expenses, you you have, yeah, you pretty much have no idea what's really coming. So you them go up and then they flatten your revenue projection. Like, projection. Yeah, you may need to rent a little office somewhere. You're going to have some electricity yeah. cost. But you really, you really probably, especially with a business that is as complex as ours in terms of a logistics business, there is a lot of complexity involved that people don't even understand. And with that complexity comes, you know, there, there are costs associated with putting ourselves in a position to run a business like that effectively and efficiently, you, you know. You said people don't understand. Help us understand what kind of complexity is uh, So... Food delivery, for instance, is as simple as it may appear on the surface is one of the most difficult logistics business to run because everything has to happen within an hour. The, the order being picked up on our end in terms of um, our dispatcher making note of that order, in terms of the restaurant um, being aware of that order, processing it in the kitchen, us dispatching somebody, that person getting to the restaurant, waiting on food prep to, to be complete, getting to the customer. That, that's a lot that needs to happen within an hour. And the thing is that once an order goes over an hour, customers start mm-hmm. to... to, to, to right, right. Yeah. So to ensure the best customer experience, all of that has to happen within an hour and it has to happen within an hour consistently. Uh, so to ensure that we, we, we do that, you know, we have to have certain internal processes in place. We have to have certain logistics software that we use so that we can see the position of every rider and driver at any given point in time. You know, there's, there's a lot that's going on on the back end to make sure that that meal gets to the customer in a timely fashion. Mm-hmm. And it's not as simple as just regular delivery because regular restaurant, I mean, I'm cooking here and the bite man is outside, but you literally, you, you have a two-step delivery because you have to leave wherever you are or find a bite man leave wherever closest and they have to then go and get it and Chefs. then come to, yeah. Chef double customer. The person buying the food is their customer and the restaurant and in some degree is their customer as well. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> wow. They are our customers um, in, in the same way that the, the person who goes online and plays with the order is our customer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And okay, so that logistics is one, is one error, not one error, but one area mm-hmm. that you have a lot of difficulty in. What other areas you have? What, what, what do you think? What are your biggest difficulty areas? Well, I mean, the thing is that I think most of our our biggest lessons in terms of logistics, in terms of the toughest, hardest lessons, I think, or I would hope are behind us. I mean, we, we went through an entire phase where we had our own fleet of motorcycles and we had to suddenly become concerned with 
maintenance of these bikes and constantly fixing, um, constantly repairing them. And to mm. the point where even myself, I had to learn how to do some minor repairs and that sort of things to motorcycles. And it, 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 you know, we, we went through the whole phase of trying various ways to make the operations go as smoothly as possible. I mean, that's no longer something that we do in terms of maintaining a fleet of vehicles, but um, that's just one of the things that we did that ended up costing a lot, costing us a lot that we, we, we learned very tough lessons from, you know? Wow. So you don't handle your bikes anymore? You don't do internal logistics anymore? Well, we all our contracted delivery drivers and riders have their own vehicles. And that is our model now. Okay, so you, you, what you do is you pay instead for the, your, your employee to manage the tool that they use, right? So, or I should so, say, you, yeah. so 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 whatever we pay, it is done with the understanding that they will cover whatever costs are associated with their vehicles, because they are, you know, um, they are operating as. As, as contractors and and their their vehicle is a tool for the job just just as their cell phone with the app is a tool for the job you know that makes sense to me right so basically I I have a motorcycle and I want to use I want basically I want to use it for a job so I'm an entrepreneur of sorts and I link with Quickplate so so I provide the service to Quickplate. Well, it's 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 we have we have a, a couple of sub-models um, mm-hmm. within our larger model in terms of how that works on our side. Uh, one of the things that we launched fairly recently, um, less than a year ago, I think, is an Uber-style program that allows part-time persons or persons who are otherwise engaged, maybe they're students, maybe they have a day job, but they're looking for ways to make additional funds and you know they log on whenever their schedules allow for it and that allows us to have access to a wider pool of people Mm -hmm. while allowing a number of persons to earn a little bit more of the, the the vehicle that they have so they have that car payment to make anyway so why not use one Saturday every week and, 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 and earn some extra money off of that vehicle that you have, you know? So it's, it's something that has been working very well. And the, the, there's been strong interest from both, both drivers and, and motorcycle riders. And we use both in, in our fleet. Hmm. Hmm. How has that been working out? Yeah. The car, I, I, I would it's, more think I would think that people would shy away from you know the car delivery. Well, I can't. Uh, when you say shy away, you mean in terms of what? I have a car versus a motorcycle. Oh no, I'm much more likely to be, get caught in traffic. That's about thing, right? Well, well, the, the thing is that our as I said, the, the interest from, from, from drivers has been great, has been a, a, a 
quite a number of applications from drivers, more applications from drivers than motorcycle riders. And what we try to do, I can't, I can't get into all of it because it would be like giving away the secret sauce. But we know... Mm, okay, well, yeah, if something's proprietary, something's proprietary, right. we don't want to pressure know, you. We know how to, to use both the cars and the bikes in our fleet in the most effective manner so that the impact of things like traffic is minimized. Uh, makes sense, mm. makes sense. Wow. Wow. That's 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 actually interesting. I want I want to touch anything too proprietary, but I like that. Because I do and, and you touch on a good point there because you do have competition, yeah? Yeah, you do you do have competition. So how do you how do you in general terms, you'd have to give it a secret sauce, but <laughs> I mean how do you handle that competition that you have? Well, generally. No, you, I mean competition do... competition is is for the most part a good thing. You know, a good thing for consumers in terms of choice and in terms mm. of the various players constantly improving their service because they have to they have to, to they have to compete for your business, right? Um, and it's good for the businesses that are involved in a particular space because now they have incentive to continually innovate you know it's innovate or die if you're in a space that is crowded so for me it's it's you know like i I said before i can't i can't say everything that we do to differentiate ourselves i can't get into all the details but so enough to say that a lot of the innovation that drives businesses forward is not innovation that is readily visible from the outside it's 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 things like process improvement it's things like improvements in service delivery it's it's a lot of innovation on the back end so for example there are things that we do differently on the back end to make it likely that any order you place is going to get to you within a particular time. There are things that we do on the back end okay. to make it strongly likely that when you reach mm-hmm. out to us via live chat or email or whatever method you use, there is somebody on the other end of that to respond to you and help you with whatever the issue is. So a lot of the innovation is not necessarily bells and whistles that you'll see on the outside. It happens, a lot of it happens behind the scenes. And there's a constant commitment to customer service, customer care, and also process improvements. You know, constant process improvement. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it, it's, uh, I, you're, you're in a game now where it's more than just the tech. And I like that because seeing you do something successful in local tech meant a lot to me because tech often gets um, devolved or, 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 or simplified into just the actual tech. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> you find a, yeah, you find, you find a lot of the, the, the I, remember, I remember, especially at UTech, and the guys that come out of UTech, anyway, but they, they have a great idea, and um, 
they write something for it, they put something together, they put together a website, and it is a good idea, you know, a great idea. And so they think it will work. And they're like, yo, I don't get it. Why the bank, you know, the Jamaican bank, them not support you at all. Because they, they don't really want an innovation because nobody not give me a loan. I'm like, yo, the, the tech is the technology a is small. Right? So it's a tool. It is yeah. when I say it is the least. Of course, it is. It is let me let me let me take that back. That part it is not right, but it's not as important as some of these techies who are developing solutions early in the game. I think. Uh, and like you say, you know, we have a lot of very talented people who develop some very cool solutions that never go anywhere because they forget that there is a whole entire business that you have to build out behind all that tech. There are people that you have to employ, there are people that you have to train, there are processes that you have to put in place. There's a whole lot that goes on that has nothing to do with this very cool or, 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 or has doesn't necessarily have anything to do directly with the development of this very cool tech that you've built. You know, and I think it's the inability to move from cool tech to sustainable business. I think somewhere in that journey is where a lot of people fall off. Yeah. Building the tech is just one part of the puzzle. And in order to, to build impactful businesses, uh, more, more people, more, more of these talented techies who are building these solutions have to start thinking about the business side of it from very early thinking about what your revenue yes. streams are gonna be how are you yes. going to sustainably build this out how are you going to make sure that this is pro profitable that whatever it costs you to run this service is less than what you're gonna make off of it and those questions need to be asked at the very beginning, even before you start to fall in love with whatever this cool thing is that you're building. Yep. 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 That's what, that's what, I, and we've said this before, and I, yep. we actually said this when we had that Swaby episode. Yep. Um, that was actually the, the, the point that we we're trying to get across. Mm -hmm. Um, lots of people got that, but I think maybe some people didn't. That, yeah, you have to, no matter what you call it, no matter what you're doing in it, at the end of the day, it's a business. And it's doubly true if you are looking for money from a bank, especially I'm looking for money, bank or private equity, wherever you're going to have to know this through and through and not just know it. So it's not just something you, you get somebody to help you with and you just memorize it and you go. You have to actually understand it. You know, many great ideas die because the person with the great idea can't rework that idea into financial terms, terms that will make sense to not to an investor a potential investor a, a bank a loan somebody who might give you a loan even if you're a family for me my friends when when they come to me for business advice or talking about business or if I sit on a board and they're trying to help with a business especially in the early stage it is all about how it makes sense financially just like money i i i, I give the the basic equation because you can start there you don't have to be a numbers person you don't have to be in finance it's just revenue which is money coming in Minus expenses, everything you have to spend on. It, and what you have left after that is profit. And if that profit number is negative, then 
you need to rework your idea. And you also need to know the little pieces. That's why I wanted Monique to go a little hard on some of what she's saying in terms of the details, because those little pieces are really where the business is. You see, at the end, you, see you see, you have to do the work, the thinking work, the great work that you wanted, the personal work early in the morning. Because once people come in the office and the orders start coming in, you know, going to what the real business is day to day, which is the actually a logistics business. So you have to handle a lot of the logistics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So understanding what your business actually is and what each step of your business is and what it will look like is key for anybody listening and planning or thinking to do the same thing. You know, you are going to put some ads on taxes in Jamaica. Okay. How are you going to get to the taxes? Yeah, I read the Gleaner, there are 10,000 taxes all over Jamaica. I hear it. How are you going to get the taxi man in Portland to put an ad on the back of his taxi that you gave him? Well, I sent it to him. You're going to send it to him. How do you know him? How do you get contact? You know, that's sort of thing. The thinking that I think doesn't go into it a lot of times, but our set of numbers will get put together. I get them all the time. I get stuff all the time with that where you can tell it the person has thought a lot about how good the idea would be, but not how the actual execution or operation of the idea will work out. And I hate when they do that. And I hate when the next step is that, well, you know, I expected you would do that. <laughs> so I, I must figure out the business for them. But not that they have an issue doing that. It depends on the person and what they're doing and, and how I feel about them. But uh, then I can serve as mentorship or aid or board or whatever. Um, but on, <laughs> exactly. But on that point, Monique, you have anybody who does help you? Anybody who um, aids with the mentorship? Well, I would say I would say yes. I would say yes. Uh, so there is a board that we have in place. Uh, it's a relatively new board. Um, we assembled that. I think it was February of last year, but. Mm -hmm. I have been able to get valuable insight from them, guidance from them. Um, all They're all experienced professionals in their respective fields. Uh, so that has been very useful to me, you know, having a group of smart people who are interested in the development of the business uh, that you're able to bounce ideas off that can, you know, give you some guidance and, you know, even a little bit of tough love in terms of mm -hmm. telling you what you need to, 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 to what areas you need to pull up your socks in, you know, what you need to, to be better at. Uh, mm -hmm. And also, I think Sandra Glasgow has been somebody who over the last couple of years I've been also able to bounce things off to be able to 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 ask questions off in terms of how to proceed with particular ideas that we have or particular things that we want to get done, you know, whether it might be securing additional funding or it might be um launching a new product that sort of thing and for for context sandra glasgow is the one of the founders of and the manager of first angels and first angels is an angel investment network that has invested in quickbit 
So you see, you see, you see. Every time I press you, we'll, we'll find out something else. <laughs> Monique, talk to me about talk to me about the journey, man. So when did when did first when did first angels invest? This is uh, we've, this we've is about... relatively recent development. Um, this was last year. Uh, so we started the conversation with first angels year before last. But mm-hmm. um, as anyone who is familiar with this kind of process would know is something that takes several months. You know, they have to do their due diligence and, you know, you have to put a lot of documentation to get on. You know, they have to feel comfortable with the investment that they're making and that's 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 understandable. So that whole process took, uh, let me see, I'd say, say from start to finish, maybe about six months, that entire process. Um, and then the actual investment was made in February of last year. Uh-huh. And and um, are you allowed to say how much? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I don't think there's anything preventing me from saying how much it is, but I don't necessarily want to, to, uh, to give an amount. If you don't want to, that's fine. That's fine. That's what I was saying. I, that's, that's what I wanted to know. But you also touched on some of the process. Tell the people some of the things that you had to get together for them, you know, so they have an idea what it is because, again, not, only do you have a great company going, but you also have you're also a case of I would say successful. Mm-hmm. I mean, not jinx it, but well, it's successful because you're running and it's growing. Successful um, angel investing locally, or uh, I don't know if first angels is just angels investing. Would you what, what would they call your investment? That angel investment or more private equity? Well, angel investment. You... It's, 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 it is it is. I mean, uh, I mean, it's it's, it's equity that they're taking in exchange for the investment that they've made. But um, I suppose I suppose it's the standard term for what they're doing is angel investing. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. I think there's like a difference between the two. And it's some, oh, I mean, okay. to me, to me, to me, to me them take a stake in your business and they're helping you along, right? Right. Yeah. So, so it, it, it's, it's... Which is not really unlike what um, VCs do what uh just at a at a venture level at level, a venture right. fund yeah right yeah um so there are some and, and i'm similarities i'm with you right. yeah there's some to, to me uh, well to you, sorry, you not, he just yeah he just found a way to call this segment of it based on whatever the person is going for i guess yeah it's yeah it's investment. Yeah, I think they're, they're primarily focused on helping early stage promising businesses secure just enough to get them to the next level where they are um, able to sustain themselves and able to start to really pursuing growth up, you know, start to really pursue growth opportunities and that sort of thing. I think that's their main goal helping um promising relative entrepreneurs to get to that point yeah i love hearing that and i know i mean sandra big up sandra glasgow she has she has come up on this yeah about two or three times she's come up on this show i know tyrone mentioned her Uh, tyrone is coming to mind because i know she helped him especially in his early years um she she really has helped a lot of people i know of yeah, a whole heap of people. I mean, she, she, I'd, I'd love to have her on just to talk about how she sees 
Jamaica and, and watch the, the, the output of what she's been doing. But I like that. So you've actually gotten an actual <laughs> venture capital investment for a company that has continued to grow. Mm-hmm. And and you're continuing to grow it. And I'd say that you're probably at your most vibrant time now because you, you, you're you expanding. You're, you're across more than one parish now. Mm-hmm. And you under a whole person last the other thing I saw the other day was that you have a deal going, I think, with Visa. Right. Something about Visa. I got an email. Right. So between now and June 30, every time you okay. pay on QuickPlate with your Visa card, you just need to enter a coupon code Visa Free. And there's you get free delivery and no other processing fees. So all you're paying for is 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 more or less the cost of the food. And that's, that's visa on visa every visa. order. So if you want to order every single day and make use of this every single day, you know, mm-hmm. that's perfectly fine. You're allowed to do that. Wow. So, yeah, well, then I asked, what was that, Danai, just now? Visa debit and visa credit, right? And that's both visa debit and visa credit cards. Nice. Wow. So from your card to visa on it, you're good. You're good to go, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, look at that free ad. Yeah. <laughs> look at the free ad, but that's literally, I want you to get the free ad. I want you to get, get that sort of push. So people, yeah, if, if you're listening to this and you want to order some food, quick plate is there, it's free. Yeah. I mean, and it's free. Yep. Yeah, you're tired of, yo, tired of the cooking thing, you know. You've been home yeah. for a whole long, and usually walk, just walk across the road and buy from whatever cook shop. I'm pretty sure everybody tired of the cooking thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just sit at home, you place your order online. Yep. Um, as I said, you know, if you're using a Visa card, it's free. The delivery is free for, for until the end of this month. Mm-hmm. And you have it brought to you. It doesn't get much more convenient than that. It does not. At, at, uh, well, and, and what has the response to that been like? Oh, it's been excellent. It has been excellent. Uh, I think, yeah. you, you know, I mean, we a lot of the response has been coming from in terms of orders has been coming from our existing customers but we've also seen a number of new customers coming since since this offer started and it just started last week thursday i believe it was so the response so far has been great and i expect it to to get better as more people hear about the the, the offer mm, indeed that's, yeah, I, I, I'm really, really, really happy to hear that. And then Visa, to hear that, like I know Visa and MasterCard both looking on the region and in Jamaica as a, a new battleground. So we know that from a bunch of from the things that we've reviewed. And to hear that a local company is benefiting from that is amazing, especially a tech company like yours. Um, you have online payment. How is that going? How, how, how was that? How hard is that to set up? I said that to you as somebody who is currently annoyed and i have pretty smooth online payments but mm-hmm. I, I can still be annoyed by some of the banks and what they do like there's one bank that's currently blocking everybody who uses the card on my site for some reason and um i know that that's a, a hiccup i know that's a, a pain point for a lot of local companies trying to be online so how was that process absolutely for you? And, and if we're serious about driving e-commerce then we also need to be serious about making access to these e-commerce facilities as easy and as seamless as possible for small business people. Uh, so when we started out, we started out with Stripe. 
which mm-hmm. for those who don't know is an overseas payment processor. Yeah. They set up with Stripe and, and for people who follow me on Twitter, they'll probably hear me tell this story a million times. To set up on Stripe took me less than 24 hours. But yes, Stripe is very good. That's when it came time for us to switch to a local payment processor, that mm-hmm. process took eight months. Wow. So we're talking about 24 hours versus eight months. Right? So, and, and, and my situation is not unique. My story is not unique. I've spoken to a number of other um, entrepreneurs who have online payments built into to, to their platforms and their experiences mm-hmm. were similar. Five months, six months, oh, eight years, you know. Uh, <sighs> there's a lot of back and forth. Um, I think there's a lot of internal red tape on the side of the banks. A lot of I's that they have to dot and T's that they have to cross. And I don't think most of them have yet figured out how to satisfy whatever requirements they have to satisfy while minimizing the friction and the weight on on the merchant side. And the fact that they've figured out how to do it Various services, various financial institutions have figured out how to do it in other parts of the world. It means it can be done here as well. But I think they need to be significant or or, or, or more invested in making that happen in order to make the changes that they need to make on their end. It's going to be critical. You know, I hear, I heard Andrew Holness and and, um, Nigel Clark recently talking about, you know, the shift that we need to make to e-commerce and and purchasing goods and services online and that sort of thing. But if the process for getting that set up is one that any small business owner is going to undoubtedly find to be a daunting one, then the switch to that is going to be very slow. Slow, and it's not going to be what we want it to be. Boy, uh, I'm 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 silent on that because I have not been silent in the past. I, for years, I've been arguing about this, and I actually use it as one of the signposts to see when people in tech, local tech, are actually serious about what they're doing. Um, there's a story I tell sometimes of one person who was in tech for a long time and didn't even know this, and he said to me that, "Oh, they've never considered." actually getting money back from anything they've done online they don't know that that how difficult it is when i hear you say it took you eight months and other people take them five months i'm so surprised because i didn't know that it was it was um down to eight months eight months to me sound short i'm actually still waiting on a call back from 2012 oh. <laughs> and the call back don't come yet uh and and my personal view when i'm open with it is that the banks do it deliberately it is a deliberate move because if you open up online banking, if you open up the online space um, to local companies, you're not, they are now competing with people on the internet they, and, and, um, and, and multi-million, some of them billion dollar companies in the US and other advanced countries where 
you can't help you. <laughs> Imagine you call, you have two options in front of you: one a local bank, and the other one um, something overseas or something online. And the online, like she says, is pretty much like Stripe, less than twenty-four hours, if so long. You can get it done in an hour, and that might still be long because I don't know if my it's like sign up for any website as long as you have information in front of you, blah blah blah. Um, and on the other hand, you call a local bank and oh, you have to come into a branch. So you know whatever, anything you have to come to the branch where you're losing a day immediately. And you might not get what you want done that day. And another thing that I haven't really touched on, Monique, is the fees. It's actually very expensive. Fee-wise, I think. that I, Can you say that, Monique? I mean, I don't, you don't have to tell people your, your business or your money, but percentage-wise, using a, a local processor. You know, to be honest, they're isn't that much difference because using Stripe as an overseas um, merchant actually yeah. gets pretty expensive because their base rate is 2.9%. Mm-hmm. But what a lot of people don't know unless they actually sign up as an overseas merchant is that there is a 1% conversion fee if your mm-hmm. friends are listed in anything other than their main currency. And yep. there is another 1% that you pay whenever international cards are used. So in essence, you're paying 4.9% on every transaction to Stripe, yeah. which is not far off from what the, the banks are going to ask of yeah. you anyway. And then also to transfer the money back to your local account in Jamaica, there's also... Absolutely, absolutely. So that was one thing that Heavy it was hard. So you remember at the beginning, I started talking about the fact that you underestimate your expenses. Mm-hmm. So in that first year, it cost we spent a million dollars just wiring money back into Jamaica. Wow. Yeah, and that's normal. That's small, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. So you know, it was, and then the thing is that we we realized four or five months into it that that wasn't gonna cut it. But mm-hmm. like I said, the, the the process of switching to the local bank took eight months. Mm-hmm. We had to suck it up for another. For the rest of that year, you know, even though we, we knew that this was terribly unsustainable and a, and, a, and a terrible waste of money. Yeah, man, I think you lose about 11% on each transfer. Yeah, so you can't do the math. <laughs> and, then there's the, and then there's what you lose on conversion as well. Yes, because they, they set the rate. You set your prices in Jamaican dollars. And then in order to mm-hmm. send the money to the US bank account, they convert that back into US and then that mm-hmm. comes to Jamaica and you convert it back into Jamaica. And by the time you work it out, you've lost quite a bit. Yep. So that's coming straight from your margin. So imagine you're running all 20. I mean, tech tends to have a lot higher margins, but imagine you're running a business with 20% margins mm-hmm. and you lose 11 or 12% of the margin just through, just from fees. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily net profit margin. That's gross. <laughs> exactly. Gross profit margin. If you're running a business properly, then you might have 25% of that what's left nine, 20%, so 11 out, you have 9% left, and the 25% of that goes to the government, so maybe let's say two out of the nine, so you have 7% left. And and then imagine if you did not consider all of this before you start. So it's a real thing, it's a real painful thing, and I put it all on the banks, yeah? It's all on the banks, and it has been on the banks for a long time. It's a deliberate thing. As far as I'm concerned, it's a deliberate thing that they did and time has come now where they just can't keep doing it. But they don't have any great pressure 
Um, <laughs> other than maybe people like me just balling on Twitter, and that's very ignorable. If, however, more people start to do it, not ball on Twitter, actually try to access the service and see it, I think then it will come out. And I think because a lot of people don't even know about the problem, so they don't even know there is a problem. So if you see somebody balling about it, yeah, what a bank thing, that transfer, no, some, some numbers thing. And then just brush it off because you don't get the support because people don't know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, when you <laughs> exactly well, the second I, I I delved into it years ago, I delved into it with all the major banks in Jamaica. All of them do it. All of them restrict it. Um, all of them, I think, have their own reasons for restricting it. But at the end of the day, it comes back down to if you open that gateway, you have to fight with people who are a lot fitter than you are. Um, yeah, so they so they don't do it. That's what I call the banking walls. That's why they don't fall. It's a deliberate thing that's done. Getting money back into Jamaica, there's a wall there deliberately. So it's unless you're going to use the usual Western Union route. No, and I'm sure somebody's listening to this and they're like, no, but I have a friend and I get my money through my PayPal. And yeah, try get it into your bank account and see what happens. Try send from your PayPal to your bank account. The best thing you can do is to get that check from PayPal and then PayPal going to tell you, Five weeks. Well, PayPal not gonna tell you five weeks. PayPal at them time when I'm sending you a check. The bank won't tell you is an overseas check. Five weeks for it to clear. Sometimes ten. <laughs> um, and you're just going to wait there. And you can't run a business off a five week payment schedule unless you have that kind of business. But most people don't. So it's a hell of a thing. That's why I, I wanted you to talk about that more because it's it's a pain point that I think more people need to know about. Right, but you know, like you said, it's 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 not something that is 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 going to directly affect a wide cross section of people enough for them to immediately care. Yes, um, you know, because unless you are unless you are a small business that is deeply interested in setting up online payments, you are not mm-hmm. even going to get far along, far enough along in the process out here. For you to realize just how tedious it is. Exactly. But on the flip side, thanks to coronavirus, all the small businesses now have to try and set up online payments and be online. They have yeah, to know. Um, we, one of the things that we did recently um, was to launch another service called QuickCard. Right? Oh, um, oh we, we, we were waiting to segue into that, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, what QuickCart is, is us doing for merchants of just about any kind, what we did for restaurants. So what we did for restaurants was to allow them to basically flip a switch and have their own online ordering system and mm-hmm. have access to an entire fleet of drivers and riders just waiting to deliver their product to the customer. Mm-hmm. What we've done with QuickCart is to open that up to other kinds of merchants. So on the face of it, QuickCart is uh I think we've 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 we're we're at this at this point we're communicating it as a or 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 marketing it as a grocery and more type service. But it's it's the potential that it has goes far beyond grocery. So Right now we have we have Fontana on board, we have Circle K, which is a chain of convenience stores. Yeah, we, we just mentioned it on a recent episode. 
yeah, yeah. I think the, the last episode or the one before. That's yeah. Um, tomorrow we have Purity Bakery coming on, mm. so you know you can get all the Miss Birdie goodies and and all that stuff. <laughs> um, and we have other merchants on board, and in the same way that those kinds of merchants have been able to come on board, there is nothing stopping an electronic store from doing the same. You know, there's mm-hmm. nothing stopping somebody with an art and craft type store from doing the same. So what we're doing with a platform like a quick cart is making it is is making it easy for people to start or or, or for businesses to start selling their goods and services online. So this, is, this is a real Amazon of Jamaica Andy. We know they're yes, associated yeah. with with getting online and dealing with the banks and the back and forth. Mm-hmm. But what we are giving them is a solution that basically allows them to be online in twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. Give us in twenty four hours. It depends on how, of course, it depends on how expensive your inventory is. If you have a lot of items, yeah, but, of course, it's gonna take yeah, but, that. But tell us about that. But um, if you have, if what you have is a, if you have a small list or a relatively small list. You can be online in 24 hours from the time when you sign the contract and send it to us along with your inventory. And we we can turn that around in 24 hours and then have you online and up and running the next day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So compare that with trying to do the whole setup process on your own. And, mm-hmm. and, yep. and then you have to manage your own delivery. You have to hire um, a developer to do the integration with the bank and then Mm -hmm. after that you have to hire your own delivery people and trying to manage the the logistics surrounding the whole thing you know when you can Mm -hmm. just sign up with QuickCart and have us do what we do best so that you can do what you do best so it's that's essentially an offer to existing or potential businesses but and but they have to send you the items right so basically they 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 would naturally have to to share their inventory list with us and um you know we would do the necessary updates and uploads and so forth just to make sure that everything is in order and all the prices are listed correctly and all the images match the item description and that sort of thing and then you pick up from the from the locations right so you go to the actual place and bring it to the people Right. So at this moment, it's it's hyper local, hyper local in the sense that um, a Kingston-based merchants would only be able to do deliveries within Kingston and Saint Andrew. At this time, that's what it is. It's a it's a hyper local logistic solution. Uh, whether whether we'll go beyond that in the future, who knows? Hmm. Well, you know. So are are you are you going to go beyond that in the future? Are you planning to? <laughs> well, well, you know, it's this is something that we launched two months ago. So we launched it. It's it's been in the pipeline since last year, but we 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 sped up the process in terms of getting it to market because of what was going on at this time. We felt like this is something that people would have use for, and. This was a good time to 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 push it out, but mm-hmm. I think we're still fleshing out all that it could become. So we 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 have a very solid idea, short term, 
what this will look like and and the steps that we're gonna take to open it up to the market some more. But there is it has massive potential and we are open to exploring all the different things that this platform could become. Hmm. What, what what's the first place you want to go? What what's somebody who is listening to this? Who's the perfect person listening to this right now? And you're like, that's a person I want to contact me because I'm interested in helping them or going in their area or whatever. You know, we grocery is something that is 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 always in demand and in regular demand. So you know, if for people who own small supermarkets. And, and they want to be able to, to provide a delivery option, an online payment and delivery option for, for their customers. This is for them. You own a small pharmacy. You want to be able to quickly get online and, and get a logistics or a delivery solution in place. You know, this is for you as well. If pretty much, if you have, uh, I think it's, it's, it's well suited to, to brick and mortar stores, existing brick and mortar stores. But if you have been, thinking about getting online and you have customers who've been asking you for an easier way to get access to your products. Then mm-hmm. this is quick cart is, is something that I think you would do well to look into. Okay. Um how can they get to you for that? How how do how do you what's the contact method to that if somebody's interested? Right. So there is a separate microsite partner with quickplate.com where mm-hmm. merchants who are interested in getting on board with either QuickPlate or QuickCat can fill out a form and then our partner relations manager will reach out to them in short order. Oh, wow. So partner with QuickPlate.com. Partner with QuickPlate.com. I hope okay, I get some that's purpose, how... people, on it because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would be, yeah. That would be key. Well, you know what I... Yeah, that, that that would be great. But you know, else I think about all the time that this, that is you are you are empowering somebody who might have just an IG business. You might actually help. Yes. Make, yeah, you might actually help make um t-shirt. Everybody and them cousin always think of oh, I have a t-shirt design and then become a t-shirt business. You might actually be able to make it make it up um viable again. Yep. Yeah, viable again. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, right. How oh, oh god, I hate BM for prices. <laughs> I'm glad that Quick Plate is killing that. So Quick Plate yep. is killing BM for prices. <laughs> uh, that's probably you know that's the episode name. Killing BM for prices. <laughs> <laughs> um, but are you okay telling us the pricing on that though? Is there uh, flat pricing or well, general? In terms of on the merchant side. Yes. Yeah. The mer- yeah. Well, we'd, we'd we'd rather have them contact us and then mm-hmm. we'll share all the details in terms of what that might look like for them. So it is, it is dependent on, because it's dependent on what they are doing and how often you have to move and all of that, right? Uh, right. So there is a, there is a commission based fee structure. So it's, it's basically, We've basically done it like that to ensure that our goals are aligned with the goals of our merchants. So if you don't sell anything, mm-hmm. we don't make any money either. Mm, there we go. We make a small percentage of... Based sales. on... Right. 
Yeah, hold on, then you don't have no complication. So, wait, after I just say, well, we're killing DM for prices, you're telling me for telling you for DM for prices. It's a pretty simple pricing structure. Um, so once I go to partnerwithquickly.com and they fill out that very short form, somebody from Orion will reach out to them and then we can have the full discussion around what your needs are and subsequently what it would cost you to, to, to get on the platform. Oh, wow. But you don't want to tell anybody what it is. I look at me thinking about it as an option. I'm going to fill it up myself. So it's partner with quickplate.com. People, when you go there, it, 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 it's very simple. Name, email, phone, and message. In in the message, say that you heard it on earnings season. Please. <laughs> Just tell us if you know where you heard it from. Uh, but I, I'm happy that you, you... I'm really happy that you're doing this. And of course... That, <laughs> I was saying that with quick cart in mind, but this is also the site if you, you go to if you right. if you are in one of those areas that you want quick place to partner with you also if you have a food business. Right. Right. So so whether whether it is quick plate, the original that you want to get on board with or you want to get on board with a new kid on the block with cart, then you mm-hmm. fill out you go to, to partner with quickplay.com. Fill out like you said, it's very short form just to get some contact details so that we can reach out to you and then we'll take it from there. Excellent. And anybody extra lazy, the um, link is also in the show notes. Yeah. So partner with quickplate.com. So you've done Although at this point I'm wondering what the heck you might have skipped, <laughs> you never like win a prime minister award or something in the in the last four years. No, 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 no. Not yet. Um, not, yet. So, not, not yet. Not yet. Uh, but but you, you've you've grown your business to the point now where you're, you're partnering. I mean, people like Visa, international company like Visa, is looking to to partner with you, and they're actually partnering with you. And coronavirus has you are part of the silver lining you know I'm, I'm really happy to hear you benefiting from it and showing a lot of companies the way that you can go online so every time you see you're doing the thing where you you, you step up but you're also helping other people to come up with you i really i really like that i'm really proud of that i, I don't know why i feel so proud, but i'm really happy Monique, to hear that you're doing this and um I was going to ask what's next, but you, you have told us what's next. Mm-hmm. It's it's, it's, true. And it's, true. And it's like, It sounds like what everybody else fantasizes about their, that they're doing, and you're actually doing yes. the right way. So yes. congratulations that. Thank you. Yeah, I really congratulate you on that. And the fact that you're speaking about the numbers, and I know that you're, <clears throat> so I know that you're, you're working with First Angels, and you have a board. You never told us who's on your board, or you don't want to let either? Oh, well, I mean, uh, I, I don't mind sharing, um, we have mm-hmm. Reese Gamble as the chairman. We have Anthony Mann. Mm-hmm. We have Arvel Grant. And we have Karen Vaz. So, you know, like I said, all, all very experienced people in their respective fields. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. I like that. And you, as you mentioned before that, you know, you can look to them for guidance and not just in the business sense, but even when you're just looking for mentorship to run an idea by it to see how something might sound or look or whatever. I'm really, really happy to hear that. And you're blowing up. I don't know how much more we can say though, Monique, other than obviously the inevitable question, because these days everybody wants to know, you know, so when when do we get to put some money in? When is the IPO? <laughs> well, I mean, it is, it is something that, 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 that could very well happen at some point in the future. It is, we, we don't have, 
immediate plans for an IPO. But as we grow and as we expand, I am more and more inclined to think that it is it is it is a likelihood. It is something that is likely to happen at some point in the future. But uh, wow. as I said, no immediate plan. Wow. So Danai at the start gave us the, 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 the Justin Trudeau um pregnant pause <laughs> and, and you you at the end gave us the Justin Trudeau politicians answer, which is just something that we're considering in the near term. I mean <laughs> I, I, I I am good at analyzing companies, obviously. Um I analyze yours. I think you know what? I think you you're very Maybe I'll, maybe I'll give you my analysis of your company. I full analysis of your company off air, but I will say that I do like the company. I do mm-hmm. think that there are great things in um in store. Yeah, great things in store for it and great things already happening for it. And with with you looking at the market as an option, I like that's all I need to hear. And I I, I know that if you look at it in time, that's all I needed to hear. Strike while the iron's hot. That's what I tell you here. Um, much like I said to Lauren in his episode, I am more than willing and ready to invest some money in in your company because I think I see the, the value in it. So whenever you're ready, I'm sure, and I'm sure I'm not the only person who is more than willing to do it. And especially a CEO that doesn't sound scattered. So, you know, you're very, you're very zen. You are very zen. You could have coached Michael Jordan. You're so zen. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if this is a common thing or maybe you know what, maybe they're right. We do need more women in, in leadership positions in companies because if you can bring this to any other company, boy, yeah, when when everything around is going to chaos, you just uh, just deliver the sushi to the apartment. Randy's hungry. Right? We've spoken about the difficulty in the job and the start for the job. But tell me, some other, what are some of the fun parts? There's some of the fun parts of your job. What do you still enjoy doing? I think my favorite parts of the business surround technology and marketing. Mm. Both of them are... It could basically say both of them are my first loves, um, more so technology. Um, but, you know, also I spent a number of years out of my career in marketing space as well. So it actually excites me when we have an idea or something that can build can be built out on the back end that can automate a process that we were previously doing manually or, you know, something that can significantly increase our efficiency in a particular area. I get excited about that. I get excited about about new features, not just for the, you know, not just for, for the sake of having fancy bells and whistles, but, you know, when I see something that can dramatically improve the, the customer experience or dramatically improve the way we carry out processes on the back end, that excites me. Um, the, the, the creative part of my mind is, is also excited by the marketing part of it. You know, when we put our, our campaigns, our micro-campaigns together, and we, we give us an opportunity to, to be creative, be creative in, in, in our messaging, in, in the designs that we, we, we use to convey um, 
you know, our brand in the way that we want people to, to see and receive the brand. Uh, I get excited about that, that side of things as well. You know, how do they, who do they, how do they feel after every interaction with a delivery driver, every interaction with the customer service rep who picks up the phone, every interaction with somebody who responds to an email that you send in? How do you feel? And we want to make sure that we get closer and closer to having 100%. I mean, there'll, there'll always be, 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 be things that go wrong occasionally, but we want to get as close to 100% as possible in terms of customer satisfaction, in terms of people feeling good about using us. You know, and that is, mm-hmm. that is very important to me. And, and it's something that I try to have built into the culture of the business, that customer-focused behavior. Mm-hmm. And mm, you, you, you then, you then. Now I'm just wondering. Definitely, how are you so zen? Because my, my <laughs> I know that that's that's the hardest part of the company, you know, dealing with customers. Because you have to make sure every single person feels like they are, um, they're number one. Because in that moment, they are number one. The second I spend my money, you know, you can't tell me say you had a rough time. You should have taken the money. Um, and I would say, I, I guess I'm back because I have used QuickPlate in the past and it has always been great service. And even even if something goes wrong, there's something, you see a very quick response from from the company or even from just the riders. There's, um, there, there's, a, there's obviously a, a mandate coming from the top, like you said, in terms of how customers should be treated. I'm glad, I'm glad that you model that into the business consistently. And I know you don't, you're not afraid to go hands-on. I've seen you tweeting about you having to hit the road when, when things are off. If, if it means that you have to go out there yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you I've, do it. Uh, I've never been afraid of that. There is no part of the business that I haven't touched personally, that I haven't worked in personally. Um, I've, 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 I've done deliveries on bikes and busy Friday afternoon. Um, of course, you know, um, as much as I would love to do that all the time, if I'm doing that all the time, it means that I'm not working on other areas of the business. So of course, if I do, I have to step back from the day-to-day involvement and move gradually into a role where you're leading strategic planning and, 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 you know, the, whatever tactics are needed to, you know, execute on whatever plans that we have and that sort of thing. But I'm, I've never mm-hmm. been afraid to, to work in just about any part of the business. Anything that is required to keep the business running smoothly, anything that is required to help a customer to have, a, you know, to, to have a good experience um, at the end of the purchase, at the end of them making that order, you know, I'm willing to do it. Yeah, well, boy, Monique, I mean, I'm really happy that you, you, you've told us this. Um, you, you actually surprised me so much at the start that you, you knocked all, all of my, you knocked me off the path that I wanted to carry us down, but we've we got, we got all well, didn't she? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she did. She did. She recovered quite well. Uh, I should say I would have to recover because she has been quite on the ball from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll ask you, however, the question that we ask all our guests, especially the CEOs. 
Um, they saw actually to run the earning season gauntlet. Um, and the earning season gauntlet is, I've done it in so long than I, is it one or two companies? It's usually two. Two? Yeah. All right, two. Two companies that you believe um, will have an increase in share price over the next year. I'll give you a whole, whole a year. And, and of course, the important thing is the why, not necessarily just the companies, but the why. And don't worry, it's okay if you don't get it wrong, nobody's not going to come and lock you up for getting it wrong. And we know you're not a financial advisor. Neither am I, neither is Danai. This show is not financial advice. But it's just an idea of seeing how different people see the market. And, and new people, regular people see the market. So fret not. So which two companies you have in mind and why? Well, uh, without calling the name of a company that has more or less now become a, almost a direct competitor. I would say that I think any that is in the business of selling convenience and coupling that with access to e-commerce facilities um, mm-hmm. stands a chance of doing much better now than they were doing previously. And that includes um, logistics companies that allow for on-demand delivery of of, of whether it be food grocery or anything of that kind, I think businesses like that are well positioned to 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 do very well in the coming months and the coming year if they organize themselves well and play the cards right. Um, outside of my immediate space, I would. I mean, I think a safe bet, and 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 this has nothing to do with. Um, the current crisis that we're dealing with, but I think I think NCB is always a, a safe bet. Um, you know, I like uh, I I mean, despite whatever thoughts I have about the their 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 rate of innovation and and you know mm-hmm. and so forth, I I like the fact that they have solid, consistent performance. Um, mm-hmm. I like the fact that they seem to be very aware of the fact that disruption is inevitable and they're trying to be on the, on the ball. Right. So, you know, even things like their partnership with Quisk, you know, that, that I mean, sure, Quisk is still finding its footing, but even that alone I see as them thinking ahead and realizing that mm-hmm. there will come up a time when banking won't look the way it looks now and yes. they need to be ahead of that yeah yeah they are they are actually very very good at that and looking ahead and <clears throat> and at their size what they're really good at is leading that effort right they act in many ways I have to respect them because they act like a smaller organization than they are sometimes you see the things that they do they do act sometimes like they're smaller and then all times they act like the giants that they are because giants have to act like giants at times yeah i'd have to love them I love but i do answer I, those that question <laughs> yeah. both answers yeah. are given very smoothly and with good reasoning yeah yeah probably prepped also but i, I don't mind that preparation is always good uh you, you put me on you put me on a little bit of us a squeeze space now, though, because you say you don't want to mention any um, competitors. You did by not doing it. 
you know. Yeah, but because <laughs> that was actually something I wanted to ask about because I think it major that here you are four years in, um, without the 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 war chest that a a, a company a larger company might have, and you have competitors that have those war chests. Mm. So I think that is part of why I'm impressed. And as far as I'm concerned, in the current, what do you call it? I would call it the delivery market, but you call it on-demand delivery? On-demand delivery, right. In, in the local on-demand delivery space, I think of you as king. Well, apologies, queen. <laughs> I think of, you, I think of you, your company as, as being the leader in that space. Certainly top of mind. Mm. Certainly top of mind for consumers, you know. Um, if you want food and we don't get it, it's order quickly. Mm-hmm. I've even heard conversations where people say, order from quickly. And I guess maybe something was happening or it wasn't available at the moment or whatever. And they're like, well, no, order from the other quickly. Yeah. Even when they speak about the competitors, they say the other quickly. <laughs> they, they, they think of the service itself as being quickly. Yes. Whether it is the other person. Oh, oh, like when, yeah. uh, when, they, when they Google something regardless of which search engine you're planning to use. Yes, although, of course, I'm planning to use Google. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly like that. Like old Jamaica would say, say what, what are things to say? Like Pepsi. Mm-hmm. Sell me a Pepsi. Pampers. Yeah, Pampers, Pepsi, Scotch Bright. Right, right, right. You know, that's, that's, that's where we hope to eventually be we hope to eventually be the top of mind for throughout jamaica as it relates to the category of services that we provide and working towards yeah why yeah i agree with that yeah just keep doing what you're doing i mean you're already there but like you said for the whole of jamaica and it's it's not what is this service that you hear it's when is quickly coming to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And wow, I, I think I, I, I'd ask you this once I ran into you at a coffee place, but whenever you're ready to to expand heavily with the, with the footprint, the, the delivery footprint, because I know a lot of people care about the Spain people like me care right. about I getting delivery. Um, and, and, I, and willing to put it there. R- repeat that, Monique. Sorry, I didn't catch I'll Definitely bear that in mind. Please, please, please do. Please, please. Because it sounds like I'm saying it lightly, but I'm not. I never am. Yeah. <laughs> they're bothered by the... I think everybody else is bothered by the thing there. The no, the no cooking thing. I don't, I'm bothered by it and no uh, options. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once you're outside of Kingston and the food options get really... Yeah, your options are the kitchen or whatever is on the tree outside. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the tree outside, you get joke. So, <laughs> with that in mind, I just want to thank you, Monique, for doing this for us. And um, people, check out, oh, yeah, check out quickly. Definitely, my pleasure. I mean, it was it was great being on 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 the program with you both. Yeah, well, I mean, my pleasure also trying to get you on. and happy to have you, and I hope to actually bring you back, especially definitely want to bring you back when you're doing your IPO roadshow <laughs> in in in, a, in, a year or in that one into being around there and. and you know, um, like I said, it's 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 a possibility. This is a possibility. Yeah, that's why that's why I'm speaking it into being. That's what I do still. <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah, I, I'm very good at analyzing business, and I'm very good at predicting businesses and how how people and businesses. Well, it's the same thing. How people move. Businesses are just people, people running. 
things together yeah um really really happy to hear this monique i'm happy to hear people check them out if you listen to this in the month of june 2020 remember she has um a special going where thanks to the people who have partnered with her for june visa you're getting she's getting the food to you for free you don't pay for it you just pay for your food no no delivery costs no processing fee did i have yeah, did I get that right, Money? It's no processing fee. Right. No no delivery fee, no other processing fees. Just a myquickplate.com. When you're on the checkout page, you enter the coupon code visa free. That's it. No delivery, no other processing fees. And it goes right up there June thirty. There we go. And and if you are a, if you are a small business looking to get online, money can help you can with help you. <laughs> yeah. Again with partner with quickplate.com go there fill out the form say in the notes that you heard it on earning season and um yeah see if they can help you out and i say it although she never said i say it as far as i'm seeing it just means that it's a logistics business mm-hmm. so if you know you have something you have, whatever it is you have some lamp or you make and you want to sell them yeah. partner with quickplate.com see if they'll take you on see what the rates are and yeah you can actually have your internet business yep. run out of your house <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there we go. That's not a light thing. Thank you very much again, Monique. And I will wrap it here. I'll say I am Randy at RT on Twitter. And I at each and Twitter. No pause this time. Right. <laughs> and this has been this week's earning season. Thank you very much, guys. I don't think you can, uh, having an opportunity to ride either on the front or the back or in the middle of someone else's bus doesn't dignify you. When you have your own bus, then you have dignity. When you have your own school, you have dignity. When you have your own country, you have dignity. When you have something of your own, you have dignity. But whenever you are begging for a chance to participate in that which belongs to someone else or use that which belongs to someone else on an equal basis with the owner, that's not dignity, that's ignorance. Ernest is